0: I would be furious if that happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Injury Time. My name is Jordan Robinson. I'm Darren Matys. And we have had, uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, one of these weeks where uh, normally when I'm trying to suss out what we're going to talk about in the intro, uh, it can sometimes get like... A bit a, a bit dire in the amount of things that we can talk about that, number one, we find interesting, uh, and that uh, anybody who listens to this podcast would find interesting, uh, interesting even. Uh, so this week, it was not one of those weeks. We have a lot to talk about in the intro, so let's get into it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we had that stuff where you were saying, right, we'll talk about this in the intro. And I was like, whoa, whoa, when did that happen? And you're like, yeah. oh, dude, there's more. There's so much more. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's crazy. And we'll start off with the earliest thing that happened this week. A note, uh, Neil Lennon has stepped down as manager of uh, Celtic Football Club.
0: Stepped down or given the dignity to quit before he was sacked. What's your yeah, thoughts?
1: I, 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 think, I think that was the case. Um, 18 points adrift to Rangers. Uh, you know... It's yep. yeah, it's I, I think it's anybody look,
0: I know it's the ten in a row season and I know Lennon had to come back to manage them mm-hmm. after uh, Rogers left. Yeah. But I don't think anybody should be too flipping out about the the Neil Lennon thing. Like people are like, oh, uh, you know, fucking crucify him, crucify him. That's that's Easter I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um but like the amount of trophies he won there as a player and a manager, give the guy some credit. I know it hurts now, Celtic fans. But he did quite a bit for you, yeah. So let's let's remember the good times. Neil's going to move back to Lurgan, back to his maz, because he's out of the job now, <laughs> and um, we'll see where it goes from there.
1: Yeah, that's the natural evolution of everybody from Lurgan. Uh, do well for themselves, get a good job, get fired, head back, head back home. Yeah. Um no, but- I, I, no, I like hundred percent agree with you in the terms that uh, the amount that he's done with the club. Uh, In any other circumstances, you can't really see why they wouldn't think of him as uh, an outright success. I mean, like, for example, like, Alan Shearer was the manager when Newcastle got relegated. Uh, And I know technically it wasn't his fault, but he didn't really help matters. Like, a brand new manager, like, to the system, uh, it didn't really help. But with uh, Neil Lennon, I think it's inevitable that people will only remember... Uh, the fact that he lost the 10-in-a-row the ten in, a row, uh, ten in a row season. Yeah. And uh, number one, Rangers fans won't let Celtic fans forget that for several hundred years. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. But I think if you're uh, looking at it logically, uh, you know, the guy was, you know, a great player, very decent manager. And, uh, yeah, it, it just sometimes doesn't work out in the long term, but it definitely worked out. In the like tenure that he had,
0: yeah, I think for that, I mean, the whole point of that in Scotland is both Rangers and Celtic have both done nine in a row, so ten in a row was the the one up, which would have taken a minimum of eleven years to beat. So that was it was the big one to be on, and obviously it's fairy tale for Rangers to come back from the dead as they did as a club to stop Celtic winning ten in a row. So for them, it could be the fairy tale ending. So it really depends what sort of which of the fans you are. It's either. The best thing ever or I get it for Celtic fans it's the worst thing ever but mm-hmm. you know what I mean did Lennon do the triple four times or something do you know what yes, I mean it's, it's,
1: it's not bad
0: crazy, like you, you, you got well spoiled for him but the other thing as well is they've got an interim manager now who was the assistant manager but I mean he's not going to win the league for them so does, is he only into the end of the year and then do they start entice, trying to entice somebody to Scotland where there is no money by comparison to other leagues in Europe true
1: yeah, it's, uh, they're fighting an uphill battle in that respect. Definitely yeah. would be because, you know, as much as Celtic have, uh, you know, the in 1967 winning the European Cup and stuff like that, the whole Lisbon Lions thing, and they do have that history of having great players, kind of like Nakamura, uh, you know, Virgil van Dijk, Henrik Larsson, uh, mm-hmm. loads like a huge catalogue of great ex-players um, and not just players that go to Celtic, you know, when everything's gone downhill kind of thing. Where, you know, um, uh, Kieran Kearney, for example, you know, started his career with Celtic uh, and uh, Robertson as well uh, at Liverpool started his youth career at Celtic. So, like, they have probably the most, the best academy, you would say, in in Scottish football, which isn't, you know, a huge surprise being one of the top two teams. Um, But when you're looking at it, it's like, are they going to attract the likes of, say, Rafa Benitez? Carlo Ancelotti, Manuel Pellegrini, something like that. Like, I don't think there is enough there for them because, like, they haven't been doing well in Europe for a while. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to it's gonna take some doing uh, to get a decent enough manager. Brendan Rodgers was a weird one because after, uh, you know, the whole uh, managing Chelsea and uh, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool and you see, you see him managing top tier clubs and going to Celtic you're like okay that's the natural progression of how it goes now he will be managing people like uh, for example like Sheffield Wednesday and Stoke and stuff like that be like the perennial kind of uh, championship manager but obviously going back to Leicester and bar this weekend Leicester have been in fantastic form so it, it, it's kind of weird to see it, it's almost like a, you know kind of blip in the radar when something like that happens um, so but like if they uh, the the thing I'm trying to say about the whole thing is if they are able to get a manager as at the same caliber as Brendan Rodgers was, I think they would be on the right track. But that's going to be very difficult now because they have very little to entice someone to go to there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say for Celtic fans, it's pretty much rough. Someone else was in the rough this week. Tiger Woods crashed his car. Segway, very dark Segway. I like fuck off. Uh, there's so many that there's so many hacky jokes. I was like, yeah. see, once I found out Tiger Woods was still alive, I was like golf puns immediately. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what do you, what do you reckon of the car crash? Do you think his approach was bad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: That Was was that worse than you thought it was going to be? Oh, you should have seen Tiger Woods on Saturday there. He fucking died in the bunker. I was, come on. He's not dead. That doesn't work
0: it would have it would have i love love as well that anyone who's ever seen jordan's stand-up to call my jokes dark is reaching
1: that that, yeah (laughs) that that was one of the i'm not going to say criticisms but somebody noticed that you're going more dark now that you've been hanging out with me for too long yeah (laughs) good luck getting booked Mm. It's incredibly difficult uh, when all you do is talk about abortion. (laughs) Um, uh, So, yes, Tiger Woods was in a car crash and he did not die. That is the amount of information we have in the minute. And he is reportedly in good spirits uh, after coming out of surgery. Um, There isn't a whole bunch known about the actual crash, whether it was caused uh, by prescription medication that he was on or if it was like alcohol fueled or whatever it was.
0: There was just no
1: news. It was just he was in a car crash. Yeah. Well, Okay. this is from the BBC News website. And uh, Tiger Woods is in good spirits after being moved uh, to a new Los Angeles hospital for treatment from injuries he sustained in a car accident. And that uh, that um, kind of small paragraph reminds me of that thing in The Simpsons where it was like, Krusty the Clown has been moved. No, was it Krusty? I can't remember who the character was, but it goes like, he was pronounced dead while he arrived at hospital. And then he was upgraded to a better hospital where his status was upgraded (laughs) to alive and well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good old Simpsons quotes. Uh, But yes, so uh, a statement on the Golfing Champions Twitter account said he received successful follow-up procedures at the Cedar sinai Medical Center, uh, Wood suffered a fractured leg, a shattered ankle in Tuesday's accident, uh, which seemed, which saw him getting cut from the vehicle. Police say he will not uh, face criminal charges over the single car crash. So that would uh, normally dictate that there wasn't anything kind of malicious uh, in the, not like he, he, he did it on purpose or anything like that. But like, uh, not like drunk driving or anything like that. So he wasn't at fault. So whatever reason happened, uh, okay.
0: that is... Well, it was just that it did happen. Obviously shattered. It. I mean, thank God he's not a footballer. His oh yeah, yeah. Well,
1: but, still uh, you, you don't see many <laughs> golfers with one leg. Like,
0: mm, I know. Well, I mean, that's the whole. That was that was the joke. Thanks for ruining that for me. Um, you're, you're a you're a myth. Uh, but it's uh <laughs> No, I'll be interested to see if I mean if he bothers coming back. Obviously, he's worth millions, so we yeah. might just go. Oh well, that's that.
1: There we go. I'll 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 just take up the whole commentary thing and join uh, Jeremy and Gina on Match of the Day. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But uh, uh, what
0: I, you, you also said. I mean, we talked about American sports stars. You had a, a story for me, which I hadn't heard a word of. By the way, oh, LeBron James and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. These two people don't even play the same sport. No. Why? Are they, why are they fighting?
1: Uh, that, well, so obviously, I, 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 don't know if there's a past history. It but when uh LeBron James uh moved to the LA Lakers from the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, to when Slapcan or uh, Ibrahimovic was a player for the LA Galaxy. So yeah. I don't know if they had any like interactions whatsoever. Because I know there's a big kind of like crossover between American sports. You'll see, for example, people like Mookie Betts at like an L.A. Kings game who plays for the L.A. Dodgers. by the way, Yeah, you'll get like Jonathan Quick going to like, uh, I don't know, a Rams game or something like that. Uh, and you see that quite a lot. So I don't know if anything like that happened, which would uh, kind of, you know, mean they would have a history uh, together. But so Slapdan Ibrahimovic um, said uh, in an interview that he was doing uh, with Disney or Discovery Plus in Sweden, uh, he said, uh, about LeBron James, uh, do what you're good at, do the category that you do. I play football because I'm best at playing football. I am no politician. If I had been a politician, I would be doing politics. This is the first mistake famous people do when they come, uh, when they become famous and come into certain, uh, into a certain status. For me, it is better to avoid certain topics and do what you're best at doing because otherwise it doesn't look good
0: right but he's so that, he, he directly aimed that to at at LeBron James or did LeBron pick up on this and say he's talking about me
1: yeah yeah that's essentially i I don't know if he named him like actually said yeah LeBron's the issue and stuff like that but uh he is definitely taken home of it because um uh obviously everybody knows that LeBron James is like a very prominent voice against like police brutality and racism especially in the past couple of years uh with everything that's happened and uh after uh, hearing what slatan had to say i think he used lebron james as an example he wasn't necessarily like you know yeah, okay. out dry, just like people like lebron james um but Ibrahimov- ibrahimovic uh, urged him to do what he's good at doing instead and uh, lebron james uh, just replied by going like look man i am the wrong person to come up and i was yeah. just like oh it, it, it's kind of like giving me flashbacks. So, you know, when you're in school and in the locker rooms and there's like a fight organized for after school and that's all you care about for the, like from lunchtime till after school, that's yeah. all that's occupying your
0: mind. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's going to be a right, It's going to be a right.
1: Well, this is one of the questions I'm going to pose to you. Number one, who do you think would win in a, in a fist fight?
0: In a fist fight? I mean, LeBron's a big, strong dude, but I mean, if yeah. Ibrahimovic could probably sort of back up and just kick, kick the shit out of him. So, I don't know. I don't I know. know. That. I think could be I thought... Ibrahimovic is a big dude as well. He's six right. foot two, six
1: foot three. Yeah. And and he, he practices some form of martial arts, I'm sure. So, um, hey, I think that would be a very fair fight. And, you know, if the people who did the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight are listening, which they aren't, uh, please think about it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> The money will go to like some charity. It'll be great. Loads of exposure. Uh, but then, you know, Ibrahimovic might just go, go like, you know, I'm a football player. I'm not a boxer. Um, which, hey, he's sticking with his guns. Yeah. Uh, but Weirdly what, enough,
0: like this is coming up and this was a joke 20 years ago in the movie Basketball, mm-hmm. which was to make sports more exciting. They tried interleague play when that didn't work. They tried intersports play and it shows like an American football player tackling a baseball player. So, this is the shit we're actually doing now for entertainment. We have a fucking boxer fighting someone who's on YouTube. Yeah, you know oh I mean? no, yeah, so, yeah,
1: this that is, was <laughs> we were actually going to talk about that in a previous episode, but it just boils my blood too much. To
0: yeah,
1: oh, I uh, Logan Paul, I can halfway stomach, but Jake Paul, I, I want him dead. I want his ho- uh, his dog dead. I want his cat dead. I want his yeah. wife and children dead. What was oh, all right, Don Corleone? Settle down. No, that's another Simpsons quote. It was like, oh, what came first, the cat or the dog? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, my other question that I was going to ask you was, who whose side you got in this in terms of oh, you, well, in terms of like you agree
0: with that person, Slapdown or LeBron? Um, I would probably go. Zlatan on that one, not not just because he's a, a former United player, but I do agree that, I mean, look, if people have, have an educated opinion on something, that's your opinion, you work away, it's great. But I think when somebody comes out, and just because they are rich or famous and says something stupid, you're like, that doesn't get you a buy ball by, because you've said something daft. Like one of the big ones I think that was pointed out great um, during the, I think it was the Black Lives Matter, which was actually a very important thing and that should have been spoken up about. LeBron James was like, "Uh, oh, this is worse than slavery." And then somebody pointed out that LeBron James has a clothing line with Nike, so he probably shouldn't be talking about slavery. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean,
1: like, right. so uh, I just want to
0: check: is it okay if the little brown kids make your stuff? Is that okay? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. no, no, that's totally fine, totally fine. Cut oh, oh, costs yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, like in terms of like, there's going to be some hypocrisy in most of these kind of like Maso- uh, not masonic, but kind of like messiah like people. Uh, And a lot of people look up to people like LeBron James. And that's why I'm actually on the other side of the debate than you. I think it's very important for somebody, especially from someone from like, you know, the background that he is from uh, being uh, African-American and becoming like the next Michael Jordan, which isn't a great example because he was also African-American. But, uh, you know, like coming into sport, completely dominating it for years, being like one of the not not only highest paid, but kind of like, the most decorated uh, sports people in not only his sport, but in terms of like kind of the whole realm of sport, uh, popular sport that is. And I think uh, not only is it a a good thing that people are necessarily um, uh, using their voice for something that they believe in, uh, but also, I think that it's a thing that more people should be doing. The likes of your Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem for police brutality, and this was before George Floyd and the whole, um, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, rally really, like, kind of ramped up um, during lock- the first lockdown. Um, like, stuff like that, I agree with wholeheartedly. And stuff like that with the NFL essentially, you know, kicking them out. And uh, Donald Trump saying like anybody who does that deserves to be fired and stuff like that. Yeah, he has 100% right to make those claims as well. But like, that's why I wouldn't be kind of like voting for someone like that. And that's why I kind of would agree with sports people like speaking out just because they have that platform. And if they can kind of like shine a light on stuff that's happening that, you know, might not be reported by uh, many or any of the major news networks that uh, normal people would go to. I think it's important for them to try and do that.
0: Okay, well, obviously it's getting away from our initial question, which was about LeBron and uh, Emre Hibrovic. Mm-hmm. But this year at the Super Bowl, the the uh, National Football League actually had a wee video about like, stamping out racism. And I was mm-hmm. like, Colin Kaepernick said that himself and you fired him. Mm-hmm. And then you jumped on the bandwagon, made this big video. Colin Kaepernick still does not have a team. I know it's crazy. So he, let's maybe settle down. Okay. This,
1: this was another thing I was going to point out. Uh, recently, I got Madden 21 to the PS4 and I've been is playing him uh, flat out. See, he is a free agent. His stats have gone up exponentially from 2018 when he was a 73 rated player. Now he's an 81. I don't know how he's gotten better by not playing for an NFL team, but um, uh, they also have options of, you know, the way, uh, FIFA has Ultimate Team. Madden also has Ultimate Team, but they call it MUP. So like Madden Ultimate Team, you can get like special jerseys that say End Racism with Kaepernick on the back and they're all black. And I'm like, that that is simply them jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, and the irony is just almost too much. That Absolute they're... moneymaker using
0: his name, which he probably now has no money rights to as a licensed player for a team he no longer plays for. Yeah. It,
1: it boggles my mind. Uh, but uh, I would say, um, just, to, just to put the final nail in the coffin here, um, is I I, I kind of see that as very out of character for Slatan. I would have said he would have been the absolute opposite.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? Here, look, let's face it. He's, if he's going to have a documentary to promote, you want press, you want controversy, Ooh. but not in, but not in a really bad way. It's not yeah. like... Oh, I see he's in the news because he uh, broke a dude's leg. Like, oh, yeah. fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he torched an orphanage he, or something like that. Yeah, beat up a pensioner. Like, Jesus. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where you just go like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I want to see oh, that well, fight.
1: Make it happen, Don. Is Don King still alive? I don't know. I but don't
0: know. Resurrect maybe him. Maybe if, his, if his zombie could, uh, <laughs> a zombie could maybe organize that fight and then, do you know what I mean? Uh, and then we, we could get him to do like a segue for us. where We could introduce this week in sport. That exactly.
1: That would be great if we were going into this week in sport, but we ain't because we got questions this week. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, you know what? This is something a lot of podcasts do. Um, we, I don't think we didn't either. We forgot to ask or we're worried. No one would ask, but yeah. it turns out we've got plenty of questions. So it's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. We've Thank got you. enough. Um, this isn't really a sports question, but uh, what do you two prefer? Is it FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer?
0: I, I because I actually play football, I don't play any computerized football. I, uh, my computer games are usually war based because I can't shoot a gun in real life, but I can go kick a ball. So you can order, you can ask this one, or you can answer this one for me, Jordan. I, please, I
1: will, I will field this one. Uh, basically, uh, uh, gameplay wise, Pez is superior. Every single other aspect FIFA is far superior, so that's why, like, I have both, but I would always tend to play FIFA. Um, uh, where, I, like, I, it used when I was younger, it felt like you know it was a Pepsi versus Coke type thing. Where yep. the and now it just feels kind of like you know McDonald's against Burger King. Who goes to Burger King when there's a McDonald's available?
0: I think if I remember, if I remember correctly, when I actually did play computer games many many years ago. They were sort of very similar. And then somebody told me, obviously, after I had stopped playing games for years, that Pro Evo was way better than FIFA. Mm.
1: See, that's what I was told. And uh, when I got the recent, uh, um, well, it's kind of weird kind of setup that Pro Evo did this year. They did kind of like an update for uh, Pro Evo 2020. Um, So it was like, it was much cheaper. It was still like 21 quid for an update which is, it's, it's still kind of like a foreign concept to me. And apparently not much has changed either. Um, but the good thing about uh, Pro Evo is that uh, you're able to get like different mods. So for example, uh, I got a mod of the Niffle Premiership. So I can literally play as the players of Crusaders. Uh, I can actually score a goal, so I'm already much better than them. Uh, yeah. And you can play like the full league. Uh, and, and like Windsor Park is a proper like stadium that you can go into, see view, the showgrounds, the oval. It's really cool. Um, so for that aspect, um, you know, Pro Evo has it, but I think FIFA just ticks too many boxes for it not to be the winner in that one. Would you agree? You agree. Good.
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm just believing everything you tell me, like when we record anything. Exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> um, what American sport don't you like? Ah, no. This is a this is a tricky question for me, um, because would you desc- you wouldn't normally describe, say, golf or tennis as an American sport?
0: No, I mean, they're, they're worldwide. I'm, I'm guessing mm. they mean by creation of basketball, American football or baseball out of the mm. three of those. Probably baseball is like cricket. It's great if you're only watching highlight reels. Mm Actually going actually going to a baseball game is fun because you're basically on the piss for about five hours. Mm. But sitting at home trying to watch a baseball game, like obviously basketball is end-to-end. Yeah, it's so fast. American football can sometimes fucking drag on when it takes them, but they have, mm-hmm. to have the clock to keep them moving and setting up. Mm-hmm. So probably out of the three, out for excitement-wise, probably... Oh, Jesus. Probably baseball for... Not that I don't like it. It's just the least Mm. favorite. It just takes so fucking long. But when you are there and when there's a bottom of the ninth and a big pitch and, you know, or somebody hits a home run, those are massive occasions, but they just don't happen as much as you'd want when you're watching a game. Does that make sense? Mm.
1: I've been to about five different baseball games in uh, America. So like Major League Baseball, the highest uh, standard of baseball you can get. And I am yet to see a home run.
0: from Oh, not one? Not uh...
1: one. And it's really annoying.
0: Uh, but hey. I was lucky enough I, when I lived in Toronto, Josh Donaldson the bringer of the rain, MVP 2015 was there and he was just famous for being like, smack, all right, I'll he walk mm. off <laughs> Yeah, that's how they do it there um, yeah.
1: for my answer, I'm going to kind of invert the question slightly uh, because I'm a tricky bastard uh, I'm taking American sport as meaning all of North America uh, and therefore I am uh, going to say that my least favourite sport is lacrosse
0: Canadian national sport.
1: True. Very good. Very good pub quiz question if anybody's looking to make a pub quiz. Um, Everybody says
0: ice hockey. I
1: know, right? Uh, So obviously I'm a huge fan of uh, baseball, American football, and ice hockey. Huge fan. Uh, Less of a fan of basketball, but I still have a great appreciation of it. I still play NBA, 2K, or the NBA games and stuff like that on... uh, uh, PlayStation, uh, I know several teams, uh, like I'm not obviously an expert, never played lacrosse. I've played all the other games, uh, uh in terms of like, you know, ice hockey, America well, I'm yet to play American football, but, uh, that uh, <laughs> watch this space, um, mm-hmm. you know, I play baseball, I play basketball and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that really kind of like cements your interest in them when you're able to like play them and see how the rules actually, you know, uh, dictate the game and stuff like that but with lacrosse I just have had no kind of exposure to so I think it's difficult for me to say anything but lacrosse so yeah I'm okay. going lacrosse right.
0: so you go lacrosse I go baseball um yeah lacrosse uh, hurling with a net there you go <laughs> Annette's not a person, by the way. It's, it's like a, Google, <laughs> Google the cross. All right, Google the
1: cross. Who's Annette? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, this comes in, uh, and I think it's a pretty quick question because I have called many people very ugly on this podcast. And if you guys could see me right now, uh, I am looking very ugly myself. But who is the ugliest man in sport, in your opinion, Darren? And I'm also going to ask, who do you think is the best looking?
0: Like, best looking, can that cannot be at any point or just right now?
1: Yeah, we'll go any point in Any this, point.
0: Okay. in the span of history. Uh, yeah, the span of history. Well, I mean, I mean if you're talking ugly-wise, then you've got your Luke Chadwick's or your Peter Crouch's or Peter Peter Beardsley, if you remember him, played for Liverpool and Newcastle. Uh, and Everton, I think, as well. Who else? Yeah, hideous, hideous men. Uh, if you ever want a good laugh and you want to see some ugly sports people, um, David Moyes, when he was a, a football player, there's a Twitter page... Um, basically called, I think it's footballers not aging well or something. And it's people who are basically in their twenties, but it's their football sticker photos from the 1980s. And these dudes look fucked and they will say their name. And then they're like, at that point when this photo was taken, they're like 26 and you're like, holy shit. Like these people look like they've been fucking working in mines all their lives, <laughs> not playing for Sheffield Wednesday. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. So uh, yeah. if you had to nail so, one down for, so there's only one you can pick. ugly Chadwick. I kind
0: of had a bowl cut and his teeth were fucked. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. Um, and the prettiest now, who do you think is the most attractive man in sport?
0: Not even that I think they're the most attractive, but someone who is a pretty boy and is obviously ripped and the, the, the body beautiful is Ronaldo probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to guess who was going to say that. For absolutely, for absolutely just being, and it seems like a, a bit of a lovely bloke, but also being golden balls himself, David Beckham, handsome but man. He is incredibly handsome.
1: Uh, it's getting so, better with the is like a fine way I know right um, and you know still not leaving the game behind being the managing director of uh, Inter Miami FC yeah
0: pretty much what about you oh, who's your it? picks who's, who's ugliest who's, who's right uh,
1: a couple of issues because I have one that sits in both camps for me um, a, a former uh, a French international rugby player uh, Sebastian Chabal oh yeah oh man the beast he, Chabal oh. He, yeah, one of my favorite rugby players of all time, an absolute unit. And so he's got a foot in each camp for me, all of being either the ugliest or the best looking, um, which I think that's the first time anyone has ever described Chabal <laughs> as either. Uh But, but if, then... you,
0: if you want to, I mean, to give your story context, mm-hmm. he was absolutely an absolute unit on the field, long flowing hair, the big beard, look kind of scary, why they call him the beast, yeah. huge dude. Came After rugby, like... fashion designer. So mm-hmm. he looks tip top all the time. He's always in like custom suits and he's a, he's a handsome man and he's French as well. They just they Has have a certain such, je ne Thank you very much for that usage. Very good. Go.
1: Yeah. Uh, so for uh, to take the uh, uh, the title of the ugliest man in sport for me, I think I'm either going to go with John Joe Shelby or Robert Earnshaw staying in the realm of football, but I'm going to go Robert Earnshaw because his head kind of looks like you know Roger from American Dad. <laughs> And I feel really bad if there's something medically wrong with him, but I'm pretty sure yeah. there's not, and it's just uh, a freak, <laughs> kind of deep, uh, like this weird kind of like I don't know, baldest head. And um, so, yeah, what is
0: it? I know it's it's always bald people as well. So what is it? Did mm. Shelby was called Voldemort? Wasn't that what the yeah. fans were singing? Them? Yeah, the West Ham and fans. Then what did we call the? Oh, what did we call the famous referee? He was on like oh, uh, yeah, the, the Italian p- one p- is it Pepe p- something? P- something?
1: Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Lovely oh, man. he was not an oil painting, like um. But yeah, the, the West Ham fans chanting, he's coming for you. He's coming for you. Harry Potter, he's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that's the kind of chanting I can get behind it. Um, but for the most attractive man in sport, um, uh, this is a bit of a deep cut. Uh, I'm going Diego. You remember he used to play for Bremen and uh, he, he used to play for Bremen and Galatasaray, Brazilian midfielder, number 10.
0: Yeah, I'm actually looking now. I'm just going to have we, have we juke here. It's a good laugh as well because whenever you type in, like, Diego Bremen, it, it comes up like it's somebody's name, but his name was just Diego because obviously yeah. he's Brazilian. They only have one name. One name, yeah. <laughs> he,
1: uh, oh, he, yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, he's he's a good looking boy. Uh, and yeah. also, like, he's still playing. Uh, I think he's playing for, is it Fluminense
0: in Brazil? Yeah. Oh, so he's just buggered off home?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what, that's how you do. You make your fame and fortune, then you go back home to spend it.
0: Absolutely. Fair play to them. Obviously, right. living like someone that's richer than a king back in <laughs> right. the third world country that is Brazil. For better.
1: Um, and uh, we've got to the final question. Uh, we've had to uh, leave a couple out, but we'll do them next week. Uh, just in... Uh, th- just because thinking of time and stuff like that. So... Uh, Person who was on the podcast before, Mr. Ian Thompson, when we did the Jonah Lumu episode, give that a listen if you haven't already. Um, He asks if we can explain the NHL draft, or not the NHL, the NFL draft to him. Yeah. As a person trying to get into, like, uh, yeah, American football. So, basically, um, what the NFL draft is, it is... um, this, uh, it's kind of like, how would you, uh, structure they have, and it, uh, it's
0: It's a job fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the main, (laughs) it's the main source of recruitment for most teams. So uh, instead of, you know, looking uh, for free agents and stuff like that, uh, you'll get people who are fresh out of college, um, uh, people who have attended an NFL combine, uh, which is uh, where they kind of like test your attributes and stuff like that and give you a ranking and you know um, you tend to go higher up in the draft, the higher the rank you have. Um, and that's just like, you know, athletic ability and stuff like that. So basically uh, it no, starts. No, hang on
0: off... on. we should be saying as well, that's not to be confused with a Columbine, which is a school shooting. So oh, yes.
1: Uh, and a harvester. Um...
0: No, that's a combine. <laughs> oh,
1: so many words. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, basically uh, it starts off at the end of the NFL season, and it's been going from nineteen thirty four. So they've been doing it for quite a while now. So uh, they get it as in like uh, the worst, the team with the worst record. Uh, it goes in that order, uh, yep. as of getting for uh, first pick. So, for example, this year, I think the Jets are either they've got a uh, first or second pick, which I'm not quite sure. But that enables it's, it's a smart system in the terms of it enables uh, lower league players to get, uh, um, you know, players who are destined for greatness and stuff like that. So like X, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winners and stuff like that, uh, for example, like the Buffalo Bills, when they uh, drafted OJ Simpson, uh, you know, they weren't doing anything special. Uh, but with OJ The, the whole basis then. of the
0: draft to explain is why the best player in college goes to the worst team is to try and even the league because mm-hmm. if it came down to a money game anyone with a bit of cash is obviously going to win it'll turn into basically Premier League football Yeah So the idea of the draft whether it happens or not or whether you believe it works or not because some teams are shite forever mm-hmm. is that the the best player the first round draft pick and there's uh, is it it's two days I'm trying to remember how many days I did of this or how many yeah, players Yeah I think it's a weekend yeah yeah, so we get so yeah. It so it's a it, the, the first kind of fifty are big deals, and after that, it's just mm-hmm. oh yeah, that guy could end up being on the squad, or he might be in like the practice yeah. squad, or we mm-hmm. might trade him for another draft pick. There's a there is it has turned into a kind of whole politics and a real game of chess. But the, the basic idea is the weaker teams should be propped up by better players, thus making the entire league stronger, thus making it more competitive. Mm-hmm. I think is. The, what we're trying to say Sorry. that
1: yeah that's the idea behind the whole draft whether that's an actual thing you know the, yeah because when you sign these people um, from like college entries so straight out of the draft they're not getting the big contracts immediately so they're not getting you know the multi-million dollar deals that say people like JJ Watt Odell Beckham jr would get uh, they get a lower one and as soon as they prove their worth you know if you if you want them to stay at that team, that's when the big bucks come out, and they have to stay. And it's the same with most American sport, be it baseball, basketball, uh, American football, and ice hockey. Um, because Connor McDavid and uh, Austin Matthews are just due to sign their long-term contracts with the uh, Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs, respectively. And it's looking like they're getting a million do- a million dollars a year for the contract, which you know, you know, some people may like kind of sneer at that but what's ronaldo on 44
0: million a year yeah so hang on is the like the two the the drafts so is football and hockey the same idea
1: uh yeah so basically it's the same idea some have a different structure of who gets of placement of teams so some have a draft lottery where it is literally like you know kind of like saturday at your granny's house and you're watching the lotto on tv when they're you know picking out like balls and like with numbers on them and stuff uh, there's they, they had some people do that so I think the NHL might do that and no the Bas- I think uh, the NBA might I'm not quite sure which ones do it but I know uh, for a fact that um, American football it's the team that has the worst record um, but yeah recently it hasn't been great because you've been seeing teams that are like perennially down there uh, in their early draft picks, the likes of your Clevelands, they have kind of changed now, making it to the playoffs this year. But, you know, people like the Jets, um, the Chargers for many years, Miami wasn't great, Tampa wasn't great, you know, Super Bowl champions now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how many original draft picks they still have. But you, then you could argue it was the fact that they had those draft picks, uh, you know, were a reason why they were able to secure people like Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and Tom Brady.
0: So, Ian, I hope that has helped in some way, shape, or form.
1: And that is the perfect way to bring us in to this week in sport. This week in sport. So, uh, starting this week in sport, we'll start off on Tuesday night. Um, we'll start, do you want to start with the premiership? I think that's best.
0: Yeah, let's go premiership, man. Um,
1: yeah, it was a bit of an upset for me. Um, Southampton and beat 3-0 by Leeds.
0: Yeah, it's upsetting as well probably because obviously like Danny Ings and Minamino have been on fire and Leeds is all out attack system which we really find it difficult to criticize because uh, it worked really well this time. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, and that was the only Premier League game on that night as well, so it was exactly. Like, oh,
1: but and it was also weird that you know it was nil-nil in the first half where the only thing a note happening was Vestagar getting a yellow card, but yeah. at, like just after the break on the 47th minute, uh, Bamford scores. Former Crusaders players, Stuart Dallas also scored and then Rafinha at the end. So, yeah, so
0: three, three out of nothing, basically, which was good.
1: Very strange. Uh, but yeah, that's, as we've said many a times, that's, you know, the that's the upside of having a very attacking team, kind of like Leeds are set up as. So... Yeah. Uh, now, this is interesting. Uh, going into the Champions League on Tuesday, very excited to cover Champions League this week. So... Atletico Madrid got beat 1-0 by Chelsea.
0: I don't think anybody saw that because I I picked Atletico top of the top of La Liga, Chelsea kicking about the Premier League. New manager you know, goes to Christmas no, past. Um, new the whole deal.
1: <laughs> and I think it's very strange the way they have such striking talent in the likes of Pulisic, Timo Werner, Tammy Abraham. Actually, I think Tammy Abraham's injured at the minute, um, but yeah. they have loads of different options with a goal scorer. Um, but they get, uh, you know, a French pensioner in Olivier Giroud (laughs) to score the winning goal. So, I mean, like, fair play to him. It was in the 69th minute. Um, uh, And, yeah, it just kind of, it just seemed like that was the game. Uh, You know, Havertz and Pulisic didn't come on until the 87th minute, uh, and they were the last two of the five substitutes made. So it was very... uh, Very strange game. I think I would be annoyed if I was uh, Diego Simeone um, because, you know, away goal as well. So they're going to, it's all to do in Stamford Bridge. Um, So that'll be difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, So moving on to a game that gave me uh, a very, very happy vibes. Uh, (laughs) Bayern Munich uh, beat Mussolini's team 4-1.
0: Yeah, I saw that one. That's, uh, Lazio, for those of you who don't know who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't slip welcome, up because I was... I, welcome new listeners. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to say it. I was like, no, I, I need to stick to this. I was kind of like the way you can't say Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> so it ended up uh, by, by the start of the second half in the 47th minute, it was 4-0 already um, to Bayern Munich with Lewandowski scoring, Leroy Sané, um, uh, Musiala, and then an own goal as well by them uh, Lucas Leiva is still playing for them
0: Well and I mean, what is he you now? Uh, I, year, I one, have you know?
1: no idea he, Yeah, uh, very, very old person, um, but yeah, getting subbed off in like the 53rd minute or something like that um, yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, it was a given you know, after being champions last year and being, uh, you know, one of the European powerhouses it was never really in doubt, was it?
0: Mm, no well not not from that to go into as well because and then of course whenever that leads on to um Wednesday that is that oh, you have to read that one because that's the team I can't say
1: exactly well we'll uh, go over <laughs> the um the Northern Irish football Premiership first oh it was a premiership on Tuesday yes sir uh and I'll I'll'll let you guess this uh Darren but what was the score in the Porter down Lauren game
0: Porter v. Larne yeah I mean is it is it evident that I'm buying for time while I scroll down to find that result to tell you that it was it's not uh, it
1: wasn't evident postponed? until you pointed it out yeah postponed yeah no, um, I know I'm just I'm just realizing it's like that. while
0: you while you're googling an answer to pub quiz don't mind me <laughs> uh,
1: look nonchalant it's not happening um, mm-hmm. no so uh, I I forgot that it was Warren Point that had all the games postponed so that's yep. why I was like take a guess uh, but uh, moving on so Coleraine beat Carrick Rangers. Uh, in Carrick, 2-0. Cliftonville, another good win against balamina They've been on really great form at the minute. Uh, Glenavon were able to beat Gun- Dungannon 2-1 uh, in Dungannon with both teams getting red cards. And I'm going to say this, the result of the year so far, Glen, Torn-, Classico. Glen Torn beat uh, Linfield 1-0. Ooh. Yeah. Was this is this is this Bell Classico? Is that the one you're on about? Yeah, that's Bell Classico. And I'll give you a little The Big think.
0: Two as they, as Glenn Torrance somehow thinks they still are. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> um so uh McManaman scored in the ninety first minute.
0: Yeah, I saw the actually I saw the highlights of the goal. I remember oh, what the song. Would you not be raging? Yeah. Ninety one, and it was it was at Windsor Park as well. It was at the National exactly. Stadium,
1: yeah, the National Stadium. So it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, that. Uh... <laughs> Back in the eighties, uh, there would be several days of unrest in East Belfast. Um, but moving on to Wednesday's Champions League, uh, unfortunately, we saw uh, my prediction go wrong, and at Atlanta, got beat by uh, Franco's team, Real Madrid, one yeah. 0 In was it Bergamo? They're from. But uh, an early red card for them, you know, it, it almost seemed like curtains. But it was not until the eighty sixth minute when Mendy scored for Madrid. So, I mean, like, right. so it, it, was, it, it wasn't
0: looking terrible until it happened.
1: Exactly. Uh, I
0: think I think the probably the most predictable, uh, the most sorry the two predictable results then after that was, um, Man City beating the old uh, Borussia Munchen Yeah,
1: that that was weird because um, Bernardo Silva and Gabriel Jesus both scored one in each half. Uh, it, was, it was very strange because um, Mooch and Gladbach uh, are quite well set up, but it, it just seemed like no matter what happened, Man City, because uh, Gladbach had a good couple of chances and stuff like that, and it wasn't necessarily like the uh, Man City defence was playing badly, but they also weren't yeah. having a great game kind of thing. Um, so I think it was just a case of the football gods shining down on Man City that day, because uh, you know they come away with an away 2-0 win. That's them, pretty much set and sealed into the next uh, the next round of things. But also in Wednesday there was a Europa League fixture uh, with Tottenham beating uh, Wolfsburger four 0
0: Yeah, well, I mean that that ended up being what eight one on an aggregate, and yeah. here. that's massive. Yeah, eight one
1: on aggregate, and two of the best goals I have seen in a very long time since Lanzini's yeah. goal against Spurs, and yeah. to equalize. Deli Alley with an overhead bicycle kick was absolutely fantastic.
0: And yeah, the- I, I haven't seen Deli Alley in a wee while. What is going on? I mean, obviously he hasn't been to his barbers because yeah. he looks mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no.
1: Uh yeah. But no, great goal.
0: Uh, great goal in proving him trying to prove what he should be playing, probably. So
1: exactly. He really fell out of favor with Mourinho as soon as Pochettino left. So yeah. uh yeah, he seems to be really kind of, I don't know, cementing himself in uh, the lineup, and being a contender. But saying that, Gareth Bale hasn't had a great start to the season either. Uh, my controversial point for the whole podcast today is that I actually think Gareth Bale's goal on uh, Wednesday night was better than Deli Alley's. It was okay. just so sweetly hit, and I'm like, those yeah. are the goals. You're just like, this is dominance. This is a team dominating another team. and I don't care. I I know they're kind of like, they're not... You know AC Milan. You know, like back in the 90s or whatever. They're not Real Madrid. They're not Barcelona. The Wolfsburger FC. They're they It's not a huge club. Still, yeah. Utterly fantastic goal. Most of the good goals Pi Piet scored were against uh, Julian Spironi against Crystal Palace. So you know, a good goal is a good goal. It doesn't matter what keepers in net. I'm just going to say that. Obviously, it makes it a lot sweeter when it's the likes of you know De Gea, Manuel Neuer, uh, all black and nets and stuff like that. But yeah, fantastic goal and fair play them. That's what I say. Yeah,
0: I think we're gonna move on to obviously my least favorite part of the week, which is the eighty seven games in the <laughs> Europa League that's played on Thursday night. So do you wanna do you wanna pick a few favourites sir, as you as you're whizzing down? I'll I'll pick out ones that sort of obviously left things a wee bit tighter, which was Arsenal won three uh, two, which ended up being four three in aggregate. So I just kind of it. just got through their round. I um, expect Lille, Napoli beat Granada. Uh, Rangers five two. Royal Antwerp. So they went through nine five. That's nine goals in two uh, two games for Rangers That's pretty as well good for them in Europe as well. So normally Scottish teams get the Europe and are quickly dispatched. So mm-hmm. not not fucking bad from a Scottish team. Uh, Villarreal exactly. beat Salzburg. Young boys, Leverkusen, Dynamo Kiev beat Club Bruges 1-0. A lot of 1-0s, 2-0s, not mad. Mm. And then, of course, the fucking most boring game, which I actually watched out of all the games I could have watched. United after beating Real, so she did 4-0 the last game, uh, (laughs) 0-0. In fucking Old Trafford.
1: It fucking happens, man. (laughs) Uh, A couple of interesting talking points from uh, Thursday's games is that while Napoli did beat Granada 2-1, Granada still go through because of the previous 2-0 win. Uh, so obviously not very happy in Naples right now. Is it Catuso? Yeah, Gattuso is uh, their manager at the minute. Uh, I'm just and- saying, I
0: think every everybody who went through was already kind of that. They were the only team that won but didn't go through. Everyone exactly. else was obviously just topping up from their their previous.
1: Yeah, and the uh, AC Milan Red Star Belgrade match. That AC the- had the win on the on the away goal. Yeah. It's crazy. It was nil nil the first match, or one one the first match, wasn't it? And yeah, obviously one so. one uh, on Thursday there. So, I, I you hate to see that, don't you?
0: I oh, when it's decided, but you're yeah. like, let them have penalties for fuck's sake. Exactly. Go down to penalties. Like,
1: uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like Ajax, Lille were the probably the strongest side in qualifications. So that's uh, that's a big thing that they're out. And you know, European giants in Ajax. Well, sleeping giants probably is the best way to describe them now. Um, Roma are through, Leicester are out, uh, getting put out by Slavia Pride, Thomas, yeah. so check yourself before you wreck yourself, uh, X Club, so very interesting, uh, no actually PS3 won 2-1, but Olympiacos uh, went through, so great champions are through to the next round, so yeah, yeah. very interesting, um, I, I think come the next round of Europa League games, it'll be easier, and a lot more enjoyable for us having to cover. Yeah, when games.
0: we when we get the draws in, probably that'll be yeah. uh, once we know once you know who's playing who, it should be a bit easier because, I mean, that was all the games that was on um, Thursday stuff we actually cover, which was obviously a big recovery. So if we go to Friday's games, the Northern Isle, uh, Football League, yes, Linfield had to play Alarn, which was a big one after them losing to Glentoran earlier in the week.
1: First uh, first first second, uh, they needed yeah. to finish, really. Uh, they needed to get, uh, like, the press off David Je- – or not David Jeffrey, sorry, David Healy's back, um, mm-hmm. which was a thing that, you know, he hasn't really experienced at all in his career at Linfield because they've just been, you know, winning leagues, winning games, no problem. Um, but, yeah, they came away with the 2-1 win. Uh, it, it, it's sad to see because Lauren, you know, came from nowhere, um, you know, top of the league and stuff like that playing very well, playing attractive football. Uh, and the past couple of games they've been, you know, kind of faltering a bit with losing their last two uh, to Linfield and Cliftonville. And if, like, I, I, I'm trying not to be super critical because those are two big teams that you're losing yeah. to. Um, but, you know, like, drawing with Porter Down and Warren Point. Yes, Warren Point are doing much better this season. But uh, you know, those are the games you have to win. Porter Down at home uh, you know, Glentoran, the 1-1, that was a tough loss. And Colerian are now second in the league. So you can, you know, there's a, I, do, I don't think you should be too annoyed by that, but especially drawing with Crusaders this year, Crusaders are not playing great. So that's a case you could say they should have won, getting beat by Balamina, but then also being able to beat Linfield 3-1. It's a very weird season. Uh, they're, dro- like they're
0: dropping points in weird places where you yeah. wouldn't expect it. So
1: Yeah, that that's a good way to explain it, yeah.
0: I actually thought of one just before we move on to Saturday's Premier League. I thought of one the other day. Um, whenever you talked about Bell Clasico, I was thinking, yeah. uh, you know, other games that have names. So there's obviously that comes from El, oh, Classico, El which Clasico, which is the the uh, the Spanish league. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, Franco's team play at Barcelona, it nearly said their name. Uh, well there's played. another couple of those as well. So whenever Donny Selig used to play Cliftonville, that was El Catholico. <laughs> and whenever, <laughs> whenever Nury, is that as good as it. Yeah. Like whenever Nuri used to play Warren Point, that became known as the Mourn Ultimatum. So there you go. Oh my fucking Christ! That is amazing. <laughs> credit credit to that one. I think uh, Gareth McCullough at the Nuri reporter came up with that one. So I want to shake good. that man's hand. <laughs> I will. I will tag him in this episode and <mwah>. that one.
1: Excellent. Get him on the podcast. Um, there's also I forgot to tell you the name that I'm not really allowed to say. I might bleep it out in the podcast. But uh, Crusaders against Cliftonville is called Elspastico. <laughs> I know. Fucking a god laugh. It's staying. Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. Um, okay. So yes, moving on to Saturday's games in the Premiership. Is that, is that
0: funnier because you're a Crusaders fan?
1: <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, so uh, yesterday's games. I predicted that West Ham were going to win at the Etihad. Um, uh, Am I wrong? Yes. In theory. In theory. (laughs) Um, It was a good game. Watching the highlights. I do
0: want to just say as well, I would take heart in the fact that I actually can't remember who was the last team to even fucking score against Man City. So well done, West Ham. Eight 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 games. games, Clean sheets.
1: Clean sheets. sheets. Disgusting. Anyway. Miguel Antonio uh, was the one to put a past Ederson in nets. Um, yeah, I've just
0: forgotten Man Center in the league because you just can't yeah. see them anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. They're tip top, like um so uh Ruben Diaz, centre back, scored an absolute peach of a cross from Kevin De Bruyne. Uh and Lucas Fabianski's injured, so uh Darren Randolph was in nets. Um and he himself he didn't have the worst game imaginable. The two goals that went in. Um, you know, they were tough to save, and obviously, yeah. he didn't end up saving them. Me, uh, Jesse Lingard assisted the Mikel Antonio goal. Um, and then John Stones, of all people, score. So, they're two center backs,
0: remember for, that guy like strikers <laughs>
1: today. John Stones has had a complete renaissance, and he's, he's yeah. getting into you know, um, spoiler alert for story time, he will be included. Um, so. Yeah, it's it was it was just a it was one of those games where you go like you can see the progress in teams so much from the start of the season where you know when David Moyes took over we were one point above the relegation zone and now we're one point ahead of Chelsea in fourth place.
0: Which you got to be happy with that.
1: I, uh, you see, I I just hope it's sustainable. That's the only thing I hope for.
0: Dare to dream, man. Have it that you're able to. I mean, it blew people's minds a few years ago when Fulham got into the Europa League. You know what I mean? Why not? I'm why not dare to dream? dream to, yeah, why not dare to dream to play in the Europa for a year and then go right? Let's fucking try and finish fourth and get into a Champions League because yeah. it's not automatic. You're not playing fucking shitty qualifying games like the other leagues have to. So yeah, although that's my favorite. <laughs>
1: that's my favorite part of the year in the early qualifications for the Champions League, especially when, like, for example, when Crusie or Linfield had to play Celtic and Crusaders yeah. had to play people like. Uh, uh Wolves and uh Copenhagen FC those uh, are the games. they have to the play games. did
0: doesn't somebody have to play like the teams from like other the champions from Belarus or yeah. the guys that won the league in the Faroe Islands? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what stuff like that. No
1: those, those are good, but when you get them early and stuff like that, you're like, okay, class, we'll get through there. And then you realize, yeah. oh, we have to go to like <laughs> Johan Cruyff Arena to play Ajax here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. But,
0: um, hang on. Although you didn't predict West Ham correctly, you mm-hmm. did. Cor- I'm pretty sure you predicted the uh, West Brom Brighton. Mm-hmm. This is me shushing all the Brighton
1: fans uh, like I'm Jose Marino or something. Uh, um, yeah, Jordan, so- this is
0: an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Herlog, no. I'm
0: really sorry for him. I keep telling them this because we're looking at each other in video for but,
1: fucking hell. Yeah, uh, yeah West Brom uh, end up a uh, pretty decent 1 uh, 0 win um mm-hmm. 11th minute uh, Bartley scores uh two missed penalties by Danny Welbeck and Gross for Brighton and then a free kick scored quick free kick taken the referee then blew his whistle before the ball went into the net for some reason I'm not quite sure uh and it ended up the goal not standing which in itself is fucking ridiculous the way it transpired watching it match of the day you're like how is this man paid a referee? I don't understand it. Like, yeah, very strange, very strange, but three points for Sam, the third win for West Brom this whole season, you know, do uh, Fulham have a bit of competition from behind them?
0: Uh, well, Fulham, I, I think I read their record today was only one loss in the last seven. So fine. Well, see, when we said that, that should have been the one that you fucking went to the bookies with a fiver with. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I really should. Have. I'm doing it. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, So after beating Southampton 3-0 there during the week, uh, Aston Villa beat Leeds uh, 1-0 with El Ghazi scoring in the first half. First five minutes, and then absolutely nothing until the second half where there's a couple of substitutions and yellow cards and stuff like that. But yeah, as we said, time and time again, you live by the sword, you die by the sword.
0: Yeah, and then of course, then the other team who Fulham are obviously chasing down now. Mm-hmm. Newcastle dropped two points against Wolves, and well, they got a draw. I think when you're at that part of the league for Newcastle, it's not that you're not dropping points. You're you're not dropping two points. You're getting one. Yeah, because there's so many sort of fuck ups and losses. So, yeah, we draw with Wolves. Um, I I kind of I like Wolves. I sort of no, I think, I like yeah. seeing them doing well because they're they're a proper. I think Wolves are a proper. We've got no money, but you're fuck it kind of yeah. club.
1: Exactly. And they have some deep, very decent players. Like obviously yeah. Raul Jimenez, who's out injured at the minute. Um, but uh, people like Fabio Silva, the young Portuguese striker that they got from Porto. Um, I think like he is, I would definitely put him in the Portuguese squad for the Euros. Not only that, but uh, I, I definitely think he will be a talent. Uh, not that I have any scouting background or anything like that. Uh, I mean, like I used to sign him for FIFA when he first came there because he, Always, like, no matter what loan deal you put in, if you were playing for Grimsby or whatever, he would go to you when, like, other people, like Harvey Elliott and Liverpool wouldn't go. So that's how I kind of know him. And I think he's a decent player. But Ru Patricio and Nets is also, you know, a very good team. And it almost reminds me of, do you remember when Laurie Sanchez took over Fulham and he brought, like, loads of Northern Irish players like uh, uh, Gareth McCauley, Johnny Evans, uh, um, who else? David Healy uh all they he brought them when he was managing fulham and he essentially turned the starting 11 into like northern irish team players i feel like wolves uh like uh was it neilio Esperanto or whatever his name is um uh he has kind of got it as it is now a portuguese version of wolverhampton (laughs) you know which is yeah it's an interesting it seemed to work out a lot better for him than it did
0: for lori sanchez well, Laurie Sanchez did that, and then I mean, West Brom ended up being where most of the Northern Ireland fucking played, wasn't it? There was yeah, four or five you know, Qu- West Brom yeah, players. Yeah,
1: Chris Brom, Gareth McCauley, all yeah. at uh, um, uh, West Brom for a while. But uh, yeah, that no. didn't end too well. But uh, moving mm-hmm. on to today's games. Now there will we'll go. We'll start with the Premiership. Uh, mm-hmm. Fulham picked up a point at Crystal Palace.
0: Yeah. Just finish, more just keeps ticking
1: exactly. finish 0 0 at uh Selhurst Park. Now, this is now <laughs> this is such a change from if you're talking about this 10 years ago. But Arsenal are the underdogs playing Leicester and they come away with the 3 1 win from yeah, King Power. That, that was a big result for Mikel Arteta's man. Like,
0: yeah, definitely big for Arsenal to pull out a performance like that to, to score 3 1 at Leicester. And then just for Arsenal to score three goals at present, I don't feel like they have. Maybe not. Is it the striking part? Is it the want to do it? But I think Leicester have been fucking great this year. So uh, fair play. If you're going to beat any team, I think Leicester are going to be hard to beat. I think the last team I saw kind of beat them comfortably was Man City. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Or us 4 yeah. 0 at the start of the season, but everybody seems to forget that. Um, at start
0: of the year. Nobody cares. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, but it was so weird. Even David Louise got the first equalizing goal for Arsenal.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, because Leicester scored first and yeah. then. Killman I think scorched. the two Arsenal goals were right before halftime, and then one was right after halftime, and then mm-hmm. nothing else.
1: Yeah. So, in the 40th minute, David Luiz scores, uh, and then a penalty on the 47th minute, uh, as in like two minutes of added time. Uh, La Cassette ends up scoring the penalty, and then Nicolas Pepe scores in the 52nd minute, and they didn't bring a Yang on until the
0: 84th minute, which is, uh, is very he, strange. Is he hurt, or were they just the guys uh, were obviously winning, so let him have a run about there?
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, what the I know he hasn't been in the best form recently, so yeah. I, do, I, do, I don't know if there, there's an issue with that. Um, but Tottenham ended up winning 4 at, uh, 0 at home against Burnley. With mm-hmm. uh, just as we say it, it's almost like you know, it's almost like clockwork. As soon as we say, uh, you know, actually, I don't think this was a good move for this certain player to go to this club, they instantly start taking off in like an upward trajectory with Gareth Bale scoring twice, uh, once in the second minute uh, with an assist from Human Son, uh, Harry Kane scoring the 15th, and then Lucas. So it was 3-0 at halftime, pretty much curtains from then on out. Yeah. Uh, but just after the half, uh, Gareth Bale scored again with Human Son uh, assisting. So Human Son got two assists, and Gareth Bale uh, got one of them. So two goals for Gareth Bale and one assist. After playing against Wolfsburger, that is obviously done as uh, confidence wonders. And Absolutely, I definitely think that's the that's the remedy for the back, uh, the kind of back four problems they've been having with you know people like Regulon, uh, Area, Sanchez, Sanchez, Vareld and stuff like that. Uh, they've got Holberg and Indombale as the two like kind of central defensive midfielders, but the team is being led a hundred percent by the striking force of Gareth Bale, son Lucas, and Harry Kane.
0: What was brilliant was literally two weeks ago, Tottenham fans on Twitter, which is one of the ones I clicked into, and it was um, what was it? It was pretty much "fuck off, Mourinho, and take Dara with you." And I was like, just because he speaks Portuguese, come on, exactly, come on, <laughs> come on, the man. Yeah, the and season. then I was gonna say, so yeah, what was that? Four, yeah, four nil today. And then I, a game I actually watched was, of course, because now here's something that I always give you grief for, which is whenever you say a nil nil was good, I, I have to apologise because. Today's nil-nil was actually all right. It was a decent game. It, it was a good game. Now, obviously, you want to see somebody score, and obviously, you want to see fucking your team win. Of course. But it was actually good. A bit, of, you know, a bit of end-to-end stuff. There was some fucking good play, a couple of good chances. There was a, a penalty claim, all that kind of stuff. So
1: there's yeah, a penalty shot that
0: the, VA, the VAR told the ref to give the penalty, and the ref went and watched it himself and said, no, I'm not giving it. So he overrode, overwritten the Overruled, VAR decision. Well, mm. overruled it sorry yeah
1: yeah, uh, yeah so I'm definitely going to give that a wee watch tonight on uh, match of the day but then Sheffield United uh, yeah they're relegated aren't they they're done
0: Mathematically, is, that, is
1: that it? I think it's oh, that, it. they, they can't even catch it? I don't think they can even catch it because just as uh, it was like half time when we started recording there um, but they got beat 2-0 by uh, Liverpool, Liverpool. Uh, yeah and uh, both goals come in the second half known goal uh, and then Curtis Jones. Uh, is that one of his first goals for Liverpool? I think it's... Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But th- yeah, that that was... Uh, yeah, 2-0 win. Get three points back. And that brings Liverpool up to sixth of the minute on 43 points. Two points behind West Ham. Crazy, right? Mm,
0: yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, that's obviously as well. And you actually just used the word West Ham. I think because we are still on the segment of This Week in Sport, mm-hmm. I do just want to reference, and actually somebody who I remember as the west ham manager uh, glenn Roeder sadly passed away today He's 65
1: yes. yes i saw that was, yeah i was i was yeah. going to mention that but I, and I was also like people have no idea who this man is
0: so uh, no i didn't hear former watford west ham newcastle and norwich boss so he was one of those real guys who travelled kind of, yeah probably would have managed a lot of boys um but he you know didn't win anything but also he probably kept a few people from getting relegated so exactly uh, yeah uh, pff, rest in the box there glenn man yeah rest in power Brother. yeah, yeah uh,
1: and this is also as we're recording this now uh atletico madrid are uh winning 1-0 against villarreal uh which puts them playing 24 games 58 points they're still in the top but you'll never guess after saying you know after being what ninth when we really got into starting doing the podcast barcelona uh have now jumped up to second in the league Five point. Well, if the score remains the same, five points adrift of Atletico Madrid, who are first. Uh, so they're on but the charge, yeah, just a point behind them are Real Madrid, Franco's team. Uh, no, you can say it. I can't. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Real Madrid, like I can on. say, Lazio. You can't say. It. Uh, hey, sorry, stop, I just gagged, yeah, just just yep. threw, it, threw up in my mouth there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so uh, it ended up in. Uh, it's it's gonna be. Hopefully, a very tight uh, kind of league for the rest of the season. Hopefully, but it seems like that way in most leagues because the Italian league's tight, the uh, Spanish league, as we've just said, is very tight. Um, Bundesliga as well, another very difficult league. So, yeah. uh, uh, well, apart from the kind of English Premiership and the Scottish Premiership, um, a lot of stuff is still up for grabs in terms of. Uh, premiership championships for the yeah uh, teams in different countries.
0: We will have to do a big sort of European roundup of who won what once once we the league start concluding oh, later in the year. Yeah.
1: So uh, yeah, I look forward to that episode. Um, but yeah, of course you do, just...
0: you fucking nerd,
1: <laughs> nerd. <laughs> um, but yeah, Inter are on top at the minute. With uh, they're just like four points ahead. But um, from second, uh, there's only two points that separate um ah uh, sixth from second. So that's a very tough league. And there's okay. four, four points that separate AC Milan from Inter at the minute. So, you know, all the all the play for in that league as well. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and Bundesliga, I think there's a point in it at the top. No, two points. So after Bayern Munich got beat there um, in last week's episode, um, uh, they're on 52 points and Leipzig are on 50. So... And, you know, how good have Dortmund been recently, and not only in European competitions, but also in league form, you know, beating their, their you know, derby rivals in Schalke 4-0. It's, you know, a serious statement of intent. Like, they're still sitting fifth at the minute, but I reckon if they continue on the trajectory that they're on, uh, like with the amount of goals they're scoring to the amount that they're conceding, uh, it's not going to be kind of strange to see them definitely either challenging uh, Leipzig for the second place or, you know, uh, getting ahead of Wolfsburg in third. So,
0: very interesting. So, we'll see. You know, that's something I would ask for. Folks, if you have any listeners here, if you are somebody who, like, really devoutly follows one of the foreign leagues, we'd love to hear from you. I think mm-hmm. it'd be really good to get somebody on who can go, here's what's actually going on in that league. I think that could be quite cool. Yeah,
1: because I, th- I think uh, if you're just, like, a passive observer of, like, all the European leagues... Uh, there's only so much kind of like basic knowledge you can have, say like me and you have of the Bundesliga or the Eredivisie or whatever it might be. But for someone who that is their, that is their one and only uh, you get, you you have such more more of an insight than you do if you're just kind of watching or trying to be like consuming all the different leagues. So yeah, definitely get in touch. Um, But that being said, moving on to rugby union, the Six Nations is back um, I didn't get watching any of the games. Unfortunately, I had a quite busy weekend. Uh, but Italy, were playing Ireland. Because and... don't worry,
0: there were only two games. So... <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know. And it was really annoying because there were both games I wanted to watch as well. Well, yeah. Italy, Italy, Ireland, not so much because we all, uh, you know, have preconceived notions how that's going to end up. Uh, so Ireland ended up beating Italy 48-10. Uh, yeah, another wooden spoon, I reckon, for the old Italians
0: like yeah, look, Ireland needed the win and they certainly needed the bonus point. Mm. I don't even think, I don't think anybody's won two games and won it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So at present, I think Wales are favoured for the whole day, aren't they?
1: They best, they best be, uh, because uh, the next game that we're going to cover,
0: Wales beat England 40 points to 24. Yeah. 40-24 was a wee bit flatter, and it was actually very tight right to the end. That 40 points, that came pretty much with a an England attack that was turned over, and they were pressing so much. Well, Wales went back down the field, but everyone was exhausted. It was real end-of-the-night end stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, they scored right at the death as well, didn't they? Just to get, like, another...
0: Now, in the first half, Wales had two fairly controversial tries. The first one was... The French referee, of course, he's French, loves controversy. Of the French referee basically called on Farrell over and he said, too many indiscretions going aboard with your team. So the, the Welsh man is standing there with the ball because he's obviously got the penalty to kick and he's got a kick oh. for corner instead of, you know, yeah. uh, taking three points. And he says to the referee is time on. So he's just told the England player time is off to give you time to basically talk to your team. Uh-huh. Then says to the Welsh guy, yeah, time's on. So he boots the ball. Yeah. The England team are at this point in a huddle underneath the goals, having a discussion. What the fuck? And then the kick comes. Watch the highlights, and we'll chat about it next week. The highlights basically: the kick comes, and the, there's a Welsh guy. So instead of kicking for a corner, he just kick passes. Yeah. So the guy runs onto it, and there's a, a now an England player trying to get 30 yards from underneath the goals to cover the wing, and the guy just gets over easy, and he's like. Owen Farrell's I'm saying, you told us I had to go and talk to my team. That's why we were standing there. Yeah. I was like, "Time on, you had time to do it." He he literally gave him a few seconds. So there's a bit of controversy at halftime. Even even the pundit who is Welsh was like, "I would be furious if that happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your native tongue coming out there, I like that. Absolutely, um, yeah. It was very funny. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. But like, th- there's not many people I hit more than Owen Farrell. Anyway, so. I'm not really yeah. that disheartened. And obviously seeing England get beat is only that much sweeter. Uh, very and,
0: punchable face or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I know, isn't it? And the way <laughs> just his kind of process of taking, like, you know, like conversions and penalties and stuff like that. I'm just like, I hate you. I hate yeah. you so much. <laughs> um, yeah. We We really do a lot of English bashing on this podcast, don't we?
0: We're Irish. That's what yeah, yeah, you're supposed yeah. to. It happens.
1: Yeah, It happens. Um, but then, obviously, there was no game today. Uh, the game was supposed to be France against Scotland. But as we covered last week, there's a couple of staff members on the French side that have uh, contracted COVID. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, too high risk. And I think it's the right move. Um, so, yep, just have to wait and replay that. But that could be potentially, you know, Last before last week's result, uh, with Scotland against Wales, uh, that was looking like the game of the tournament simply because it would have been like uh the two powerhouses. Now we have to wait until Wales against France, and I'm pretty sure that's in Paris as well, which will be a hell of a game. Uh, which, yeah,
0: Wales will still have to play, obviously. That's their they've done very well in their three weeks, but mm-hmm. Wales still have to play Ireland, who at present form will probably beat sadly but to say, Wales... but. Wales and Ireland have played. So sorry, sorry sorry. Um who's Wales little bit? Wales yeah, I know wait, France is this one. Yes, my apologies, folks. That was a, that was a bit of a researcher. Yes, yeah, sorry, they have to play and it and it is in France, so that's mm-hmm. obviously yeah. a pain in the hole.
1: Yeah, uh, so they have to do that. But I think what Wales have to play Italy next. Uh, Italy and France, and that's the only one that Wales have to play. Ireland obviously have to play England and Scotland, isn't it? Scotland, no, they got beat by Scotland there.
0: So, just England and France, then, yeah,
1: England and France. And that, no, sure, sure they, did they not get beat right? Wait, what are
0: hang on? I'm, I'm going go to the think. results.
1: I'm going to the results, yeah. We're going um, to do the results
0: thing because what happens with the Six Nations is remember, they do the there's like three games, then a break, and then yeah. two more, yeah. So, we fair. always get the fucking the break because it always ends up around Paddy's day, exactly. Uh, who's so, played who.
1: Uh, so, uh, first week, uh, Wales played Ireland, England played Scotland, Italy played France. Second week, gotcha. um, Ireland played France, Scotland played Wales, England played Italy. And this week, Wales played England and Italy played Ireland. So Ireland will now have to play Wales. No, they played Wales. So yes, you're right. They have to play Scotland. Uh, Ireland, and, did, yeah, yeah, uh, Scotland and uh, Scotland and England. There we go. We got there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I mean, pretty much it's a. Uh, you have the point now where that's. I mean, Wales have, have got what? Their triple crown. So it's now. Is, is the next thing on the list is can they do the Grand Slam? So, yeah.
1: Well, I, I wholeheartedly hope they can. So mm-hmm. uh, for the next round, Italy are playing Wales. Hopefully, touch wood. That'll be an easy enough game uh, for the Welsh to win. Uh, on that same uh, day, England are playing France at home. Uh, so that's probably what in Twickenham or something so um, you know you I don't know I I enjoy watching the the French team this year has been very good so hopefully uh, France will do something against England and uh, Ireland against Scotland I reckon this might be for second place almost what do you reckon?
0: Uh, Yeah I'm just I'm looking at the table now and that's that's kind of it so Ireland obviously Mm. needed their you know get their bonus points out of their it's kind of weird getting bonus points for fucking losses, you know what I mean? Where you're yeah, actually still in the game, but you just can't do it, so. Very
1: strange, yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, on the 20th, so just slightly after St. Patrick's Day, um, Ireland are playing England, which is which is the late game on the 20th, which is a Saturday, I am sure. Yeah, probably um, says, like, a Wednesday yeah. this year, so, yeah, yeah, that's about
0: right.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, it's officially going to be my second birthday in lockdown at the end of March. And it's this, it's the uh, one year anniversary of my uh, canceled solo show at the Glasgow International Comedy Festival this year.
0: Mm, motherfucker. That
1: stings. I miss stand up so much. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much us for uh, this week in sport. Uh, should we get on to a quick wee story time this week and then get on to my questions?
0: Yes, this is, a very, this is a very quick story time, folks, because okay. uh, we've been on for like an hour and 15, so... Fuck, yeah, no, we've been doing good today.
1: <laughs> so, for story time this week, we talked about it briefly yesterday. Um, we're going to do like a quick kind of uh, episode this week of, uh, just because it's such a dilemma having to pick an England team for the Euros in football this year that uh, me and Darren are going to, or sorry, Darren and I are going to give our starting 11 and plus five on the bench uh, for who we think should be going um, to play in the Euros. And simply the only reason that we're doing England, we have no allegiances whatsoever to English football team, simply because they just have a wealth of talent uh, and some of the best players in the world. And obviously in the last World Cup, they went quite far. So uh it's it's hard not to say that they're favorites with all the young talent they've got and experienced players who play at the top you know top echelons of football so um who wants to go first me or you
0: uh you go first buddy because i as i said i was just like i'm gonna have to wing this one so you tell me
1: um do you want to do it like i say my goalkeeper and you say your goalkeeper or do you want me just to do the whole thing
0: um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go kind of, we'll, we'll do our kind of positional. So goalies or defenders and then midfielders. Yeah. Midfield so, and yeah. And yeah so forwards. I'll do,
1: I, I do my goalkeeper, uh, you do yours. And then I do four defenders or three defenders or whatever setup I've got. And, and then you do your defenders. So we'll do it by position. It'll be easier.
0: Yeah. Okay. Go for
1: it. Okay. So starting goalkeeper for me, uh, I know, uh, he hasn't been in the best form this season. Uh, obviously, he is only really, really good at injuring Dutch players. But uh, Jordan Pickford is my pick uh, for the starting goalkeeper. Um, uh, playing obviously this season with Everton, uh, I think he. You know, he was the first choice uh, during the World Cup in Russia. Uh, I think he's a good player. Um, obviously, a couple of slip ups this uh, this campaign with Everton. But, you know, I don't really see... I mean, like, Nick Pope is a good keeper, but I don't see him or Dean Henderson kind of, you know, being better, especially with the experience that Pickford
0: has now had. So yeah, that's see, why weirdly, I weirdly enough, Pickford. I mean, keeper-wise, because he hasn't been great this year, I would go with Henderson, but at the same point, a hard sell because he hasn't been given as many chances since he's now he's back as a number two instead mm-hmm. of, like, yeah, the year being... he had last year playing for Sheffield, where he was fucking brilliant. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, w- I would go Henderson just to be kind of controversial because um, it's one of those ones where we always had that thing where it's like, it's Pickford number one because name me more in goalies in the Premier League, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's uh yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll go Henderson for Controversy because you've gone Pickford. So we'll, okay. we'll name that one. We'll do that. What about, uh, what about a uh, defense? What do so you think? my defense,
1: we'll start off and write back. Um, for me personally, it was a hard choice, but I'm going to go Trent Alexander-Arnold. He hasn't necessarily had the best uh, um, a campaign with Liverpool, but he's yeah. definitely making it into my team because uh, I think he's that good. Um, uh, other people I kind of thought of was uh, Kyle Walker, but he's playing more of a central role these days. Um, so, but I decided to go with Arnold. Uh, first centre back, uh, See, John Stones. I,
0: for that one, I wouldn't go. I suppose if we're going to go, are we going to go like a, a normal four four two, or would this be like, this is a person who could be a defender or a midfielder kind of thing, or what? What way would you do it?
1: Well, uh, I'm I'm going like a, a diamond in the middle, four for two, pretty much. Okay, like, that's fine. No, um, I can work
0: with that. So, okay, I, I I would I would totally agree with Alexander Arnold. So, I mean, if you're not, I would have just kind of went four across because I feel like people like in an international setup, you might have somebody like Harry Maguire who can play center or wing. Yeah, so, exactly. That's it. But uh, Alexander Arnold, yeah, I know you're saying he's he's maybe not as prolific as should be but yeah if you're playing i mean alexander arnold could even you can push him up as well you know that's why i was asking i was like well he doesn't strictly have to be right back he can be a a right wing back yeah
1: or something like that um but yeah no just i I don't even think he's necessarily playing that bad this season just with past seasons you know he's just not up to that standard um but i i definitely still think he's one of the world's best wingers or uh you know right backs at the minute but my two center backs are um, John Stones obviously scoring against uh, West Ham having a bit of a revival in the old uh, Man City career so that's why he makes his way into my starting lineup but also followed with Harry Maguire uh, I know the whole kind of what's happened with him this season um, you know he's uh, not necessarily thought of, of the best centre back uh, in the premiership never mind you know English, prim- or English defender but yeah. I definitely think he just gives so much in terms of uh attacking threat as well from corners and free kicks uh and you know he's a solid enough defender so he definitely makes into the team for me uh and then also a man that technically i don't know if he can play but kieran trippia well
0: hang on why would he not be able to play
1: uh where he got he's been banned for a year from uh we covered this yeah
0: no, I'm just trying to think, but is that... Oh, yeah, that's that's inclusive of, like, it's you're not yeah. playing anything, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah, just because it was from uh, FIFA, not just um, any league. Yeah, yeah. So, barring anything like that, yeah, I'll put him in there. Um, central defensive midfielder. Um, so, I've got uh, uh, right, uh, right wing, left wing, center attacking midfield, and central defensive midfielder. Uh, Declan Rice for me.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to say, if you're going to do... So, Rice, but... Right in the middle, right? Right in the middle, yeah. Just so you could do... The, I mean, that's going to be your... That's your kind of race... Uh, uh, the, two, the two Irish guys, Rice and Grealish, yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which are... I, yeah, you've got my next one, left winger, uh, Jack Grealish, which yeah. for me was a very difficult choice because I wanted to put uh, uh, Raheem Sterling on the left because he's so good. Uh, playing actually, in midfield no, instead of playing yeah.
0: strictly attacking?
1: No, no, no. I, I... I Yeah, no, I stick with that. So uh, Jack Grealish uh, on the left wing. On the right wing, this was difficult for me because this isn't necessarily his number one position, but I'm putting Rashford.
0: Okay, well, you can play both, so...
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, That's why I think uh, out of the two, I would rather have Grealish on the left than have uh, Rashford. But centre midfield, uh, I have Raheem Sterling.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, left and right, playing that diamond idea you have, which is mm-hmm. so. If I said Rice and maybe Grealish in front of him, playing that idea you have. What about just because of how well they've been playing for Man City and Leicester? What about Madison and Mount playing out in the wings? Uh,
1: they they made it onto my bench, but they haven't made it onto the starting lineup.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I mean, at least we're we're on similar similar ideas that they, they should be picked as well. Oh, I think yeah. Madison's been fantastic. So, and yeah, uh, I would I would throw him.
1: My two strikers, uh, are. It won't surprise you if you've listened to this podcast. Um, obviously, Harry Kane. Hugh a- <laughs> Minson. Wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carlos Alberto Tevez. Um- yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, Harry Kane is obviously one of the best strikers in the world. He's- I, w-
0: I would put him to. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's hard not to. If he can stay fit, he is definitely there. But um, it was a tough decision for me for my second striker, but I've decided to go with Danny Ings. Just phenomenal oh, form this okay. season. Uh, obviously, it was a tough choice between him, uh, calvert Lewin, and Jamie Vardy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, surely it's kind of weird. I would always, I would always assume because he's been around with Jamie Vardy, not still be kind of kicking about the place. No,
1: and, and oh yeah, yeah, he's definitely on the bench.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah. And then he's in your squad, like kind of thing yeah, as well. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I reckon that would, it, would, it would take something home from the Euros, at least.
0: No, I was be... just checking as well. But, uh, no, just when you say that, because Danny Ings at present only has 13 caps for England. So I was just yeah. checking
1: that. He definitely deserves more because definitely how he's been playing this season. Um, and, you know, he's not old. He is not an yeah. old player. So, yeah, that's my team uh, on the bench. Obviously, backup goalkeeper, uh, Nick Pope. Uh, And then in defence, we have... Now, this is going to annoy some people, but stick with me. So, in defence, I have uh, Kyle Walker, obviously. I think he's too good to leave out of the squad. Um, uh, Reese Oxford. Why him? Has he played yet? Uh, He hasn't played for England, but obviously going from West Ham uh, and then signing a a permanent deal with Augsburg. Okay. I genuinely think English players, because, like, I left out the likes of Sancho and uh, Lookman and stuff like that, who have, I know Lookman's on loan at the minute in Fulham, but uh, with Jaden Sancho being, like, one of the, you know, highest sought-after players who plays for Dortmund at the minute, um, I've left him out because I genuinely think Reese Oxford is, you know, not going to be a star, but has the kind of, the workmanship kind of qualities that I remember watching in people like Nia- uh, Nyama Vidic and stuff like that.
0: Have you have you picked your um your bench? Have you pretty much picked one goalie, one defender, one mid, one attacker? Is that how you uh, no, went
1: no. For mine, it's uh, one goalie, two defenders, uh, two midfielders. Right. Okay. No. Okay. Well, no. Sorry, I'm thinking of yeah. So if we were having the extended COVID bench, I'll have seven. <laughs> 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 the extended covid bench so uh yeah so uh keeper uh nick pope uh two defenders are done uh my midfield uh it's hard to overlook this but i'm going to go with my gut uh, and say
0: jordan henderson yeah i would have jordan henderson in there De-
1: decent center back whether he's starting ahead of declan rice or not and Mikel antonio
0: yeah uh, also isn't it funny this year where whenever I think whenever Declan Rice initially said oh, I want to play for England instead of the Republic of Ireland people were like you're not going to get fucking picked and then he right? <laughs> yeah
1: that's kind of that's kind of nice it's like you're just a, a, like a wannabe Mark Noble uh, and yeah. you're just like hey I mean like I, I don't necessarily agree with that people using like different footballing structures to get a you know, a bit of a name for themselves, then move into a different country. Um, uh, in terms of playing for, for their national team, I don't necessarily like that, but uh, it's hard not to like Declan nice when you're a West Ham fan, like. Uh, and then the strikers being uh, uh, Calvin Lewin
0: and Jamie Vardy. Beat that! I dare you. I mean, for my five, uh, I mean, you went Pope. I I went Henderson. I would probably take Pickford as my backup. Although oh, really? you picked him as your number one, yeah, yeah. yeah. A uh, fairly controversial one for a defender, just to think of him. Now, I'm not totally sure, obviously, because he hasn't been seen as much this year. But what about Gomez?
1: Oh, very first.
0: Just because yeah. I was thinking of, I'm trying to think of, because obviously, you're, I'm the same as you, where I could have went, well, like, I'd take Henderson because he can play midfield or, or play back Yeah. Yeah, but he's obviously, he's not sort of traditionally playing there, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, it. he's not, he's not uh, you know, kind of bread and butter centre back kind of thing. He's more you know, a midfielder to central defender or central yeah, but, midfield defender. But
0: stuff so, like that as well. I mean, could you do at present form then if you want to talk about people who are, you know, on form but could be could do we do we is it too soon to say Lingard again? Maybe Delhi Alley if he keeps scoring if he if he's allowed on the fucking field. Th-
1: this you know is I mean? why this is why we're doing this for story time. This is a dilemma that Southgate will have to uh you know have to yeah. answer. What if somebody tournament? hasn't been
0: seen for six months, but somebody gives them, or they've been just absolutely banging them in for three months. And then he has to be like, fuck, well, I had the team picked in February, but yeah, don't.
1: Yeah, great. Now I have. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think people like uh, Mikel Antonio are making Southgate's job so much, that much more difficult. Um, yeah. But do you want to go through the rest of your team uh, so we can wrap this story time up? Because we have gone long on this.
0: Well, I thought that's what I was doing. I was talking about, I was talking about my players as you were talking. My team is picked. My team oh, is in there. Was it? Yeah, because I, so I agreed narciss- with them, a heap of them.
1: I'm so not narcissistic. Well,
0: I, had, I, I had Henderson in the Nets. Maguire was in my defense anyway. Uh-huh. And then I think, uh, what did I have? Henderson on the bench. Um, what was my other ones? Uh, ones I agreed with you on anyway. So yeah, yeah, Henderson who can play both. Maguire, you said Stones and Walker. Yeah. Did you have Stones starting? Stones starting, um, yet? Yeah. Stones starting, yeah. Whereas uh, mine was... But I mean, oh. even then I said... Because I agreed with you on Alexander-Arnold... Mm-hmm. but then like there's outside bets as well, I guess like Chilwell, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, decent player. and then I need my midfield. My name was obviously Rice, Grealish in front of him and then Mount and Madison. That was my Very midfield.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah. Kane up front,
0: definitely. And yeah. probably even though I'm not a massive fan of him, but I can't deny that he bangs them in Sterling. Yeah. For. Yeah. There you go. So there's a team. And then the controversy of, can you take a Jesse Lingard and Ali because of, you know, what they've been doing recently
1: just yeah the wealth of uh you know striking options they have and attacking listeners
0: be you be you an england fan or not send us an england 11 please and we'll read out a few next week you. And there, there's got to be so many we read and go fuck that why didn't we say that guy <laughs> <laughs>
1: i forgot Pelly played for england fuck
0: um, yeah, yeah yeah pretty much
1: uh but yeah that's perfect way to end story time this uh week uh let's get on to some questions Oh, I'm also wearing the. I know this is a, a, a um, audio platform, but I am wearing our injury time merch today, so I'm really. Okay, we have injury
0: a. Time. So we have a. We have, that's our that's our Instagram photo for this episode. It's Jordan because we don't have a story time. To... <laughs> Jordan wears we jumper. God love you, son. Okay, three questions. Here we go. Let's do this. First question: I've got you. I've got you a rugby question, a football question, and a GAA question. Okay.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Holy trifecta. Nice.
0: All right. In rugby, the World yes. Cup trophy is known as the Webb Ellis Trophy. Correct. What country was Webb Ellis from? Uh, he was from South Africa. He wasn't. He was actually from England. Fuck me. But I get where you come from because the Ellis Stadium is where South Africa won the mm-hmm. um, the World Cup. So I, I'm assuming that's where you have pulled that one from. Yep, so Webb correct. Ellis was actually from England. He lifted his ball at uh, a game of football and ran with it and is credited with the invention of rugby. Okay. <clears throat> football in question. Half which rival different. club did pat jennings leave spurs for arsenal bingo straight away mm-hmm. yeah. i said leave he was told basically you yeah. don't work here anymore <laughs> on eight. and then when he retired they named the name the name the fucking like a one of the suites after him at White Hart lane you're like oh thanks very much lads. that's all right remember that time you sacked me and sent me across town okay <laughs> so i've so. got this arsenal tattoo on my ball bag <laughs> yeah you got one.
1: um right let's okay. get this ga question in
0: okay Which All-Ireland winners are known as the Treaty County? The Treaty County.
1: Um, Right. I'm going to take an educated guess. Um... Remember, an
0: educated guess is only educated if it's right
1: yes correct uh, um, so my idea is it's something to do with the treaty that michael collins had signed to partition the north in 1921 so i'm going to either assume that it's cork because michael collins was from cork or it's dublin because that's where all like the deals were made and stuff like that so i'm going to say dublin
0: okay incorrect but good logic thank you that's all i wanted okay the treaty i was referring to isn't the treaty that partitioned Ireland, the treaty I'm referring to is the treaty that ended the Williamite Wars in Ireland, which I thought you'd know about because you're a Protestant, and this was <laughs> after the Battle of the Boyne and the Battle of Ockram, and it ended with the siege of Carlingford. It's a city. No, it's a city that's also a county. Antrim. No, Limerick. Limerick is the treaty county. Limerick are the All-Ireland champions this year in the hurling. If you listen mm-hmm. to the question, I said, which All-Ireland winners are known as the treaty County? So there's only two answers.
1: Unfair. Unfair. Because, Unfair? Yeah, you didn't say... I, I thought you meant All-Ireland winners as in they have won in All-Ireland. Not that the, they were this year's All-Ireland because I know Dublin and Limerick won the hurling and the football, respectively. So uh, all I'm saying is kind of like Lewis Dunk uh, in the Brighton game this week, I feel hard done by Uh, but i'll pick myself up by my bootstraps we'll do the games to watch this week and i will edit this podcast and i'll make you sound like you're a racist okay (laughs) so uh games to watch uh games to watch this week good
0: luck making my voice
1: sound any stupider okay good luck i (laughs) say sir do the helium like kind of filter so it's all like really high pitched.
0: My voice uh, is fucking hyped. Don't do that.
1: I know, right? Uh so yes, uh, we'll start off this when do you want to start? On Tuesday? We'll
0: start uh, off Tuesday. Yes, go over Tuesday, because this will be going out probably on a Monday and blah blah yep. blah. Do Correct. It.
1: So uh on Tuesday, no premier or no uh Champions League this week. Uh it is, however, uh Premiership Day with Man City playing Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Etihad so that'll be interesting uh, Premiership a whole run of games uh, guess who's playing again? It's Irish Bell Premiership
0: Glen Torn-Linfield so Glen linfield
1: <laughs> uh, Balamina Cliftonville Coleraine Porter down Glenavon Carrick Rangers Larne against Crusaders and Warren Point against N'Gannon
0: okay as a Crusaders fan any chances of beat Lauren as a big upset for them chasing the league?
1: nope not happening don't have Actually, the mentality to win this year
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, but that is a seems,
1: for you. Yeah, um, Warren Point. Uh, it's at Warren Point too, so we'll see how that goes. Um Imagine Glenn Torr get back-to-back victories against Linfield. How happy would it be? Would you be if you were Glen Manlock? Um,
0: no, that would be like being in the 80s. They might. I mean, not that they can go to games, but that might have actually got some people into the Oval, which is fucking exactly. massive, by the way. And they get about six hundred fans in a fucking yeah. Game. But it is
1: to be fair. Like as much as you give, like you know, uh, rival teams and stuff like that, stick. The Oval is lovely. I It is like an yeah. old, old school football stadium. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's, Cliftonville, you know, they've had a pretty decent run of form. So I reckon they'll take all three points from Balamina. Um Coleraine, obviously, I'm expecting them to considerably beat Porter down, but obviously we'll see. It's down in the showgrounds as well on Coleraine, So okay. very interesting. Uh, Glenavon, Carrick Rangers. Um, I'll give it Glenavon. Uh, moving on to Wednesday. Uh, another Premier League uh, couple of games. Uh, Burnley playing Leicester. Sheffield United against Aston Villa. And Crystal Palace are at home to United.
0: Yeah, live game, Selhurst Park. Mm-hmm. The potential of an absolute frustration fucking nil-nil. <laughs> correct. Very correct. Um, uh, Villa should do Sheffield if they're if they're gone. Sheffield should literally be playing to try and get themselves a good sale price whenever they're trying to get bought out of the club. Mm. And I would think Leicester should do Burnley if Burnley got taken out 4-0 today. Leicester exactly. should be able to do something somewhere.
1: Exactly. Uh, moving on on Thursday. Now, I'm making this uh, just so people are interested in this podcast. I am saying on record here, and there's no way I am going to break my word. If Fulham come away with three points uh, from beating Tottenham, I will get a Fulham tattoo.
0: Dude, that's, I know you've got tattoos, but that's careful.
1: Nope. Nope. Careful. Nope. Nope. I'm done. This is it. This is how much I believe in Fulham football club.
0: Well, I think we have the tagline for this one. Listen to find <laughs> out which, what new tattoo Jordan's getting. Jesus. Uh, um, I don't know Fulham have a chance at that
1: well you never know Um, obviously I said Fulham will take away it's not like uh, if Fulham you know have 20% possession or something like that no if they come away with all three points I will get a Fulham related tattoo and be that a Scott Parker one it is yet to be decided Um, West Brom are at home against Everton
0: West mm, yeah okay so they're they're chasing more wins as well exactly uh, everton should win that one but i think it'd probably be harder than it should be because obviously west west brom, west brom have turned into a very frustrating team to play exactly. and in liverpool chelsea is that a, a battle of the european places then
1: uh you're thinking of it like that i'm thinking of it like that too but uh <laughs> put your money on a nil nil for that one like all so? the big games like all the big games this year I mean, like, yeah, it's they like everybody's really afraid inciting. to fucking
0: drop a point. Nobody, nobody will just get play a fucking all out attack and football.
1: Exactly. Uh, they're not as brave as West Ham are. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on to Friday's, uh, Northern Ireland Premiership, Carrick Rangers are at home against Glentoran. Uh, I see a Glens victory there. If they keep their form up and depending on, uh, the week's results against Linfield, it'd be very interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um, uh, back on Saturday, so a whole wealth of games. Burnley are at home against Arsenal. Uh, Sheffield United, Southampton, Villa, Wolves, and Brighton Leicester. All pretty, yeah. pretty nothing games there. Um, um, yeah, in, there's no,
0: there's no game of the week here. Is yeah, there? th- yeah, there's nothing really juicy that
1: comes out of that at all. Um, Crusaders are uh, away to Warren Point at the weekend. Dungannon uh, are playing Coleraine Limfield against Cliftonville. Uh, Porter down against Glenavon and Ballinlea against Lorne. so a couple of juicy fixtures there. I don't really, I'm not going <laughs> to uh, nail my you know flag to the post and say this is going to be wins, losses, and whatever. But on uh, Premier Premier League Sunday, what a Sunday! West Brom are at home to Newcastle, so potentially something big could happen there.
0: Yeah, now, this is a uh, this is will West Brom do. Fulham a favour basically because obviously West Brom need the points themselves but they just kind of drag Newcastle back into the fight this is it Liverpool
1: are playing Fulham
0: yeah Liverpool not on great form and Fulham with the ability to annoy the Christ out of teams will they pull a point of that and Anfield as well Anfield no longer the fortresses this was like that shock thing years ago whenever obviously like Fergie retired and yeah uh, Old yeah. Trafford was suddenly an easy place to win. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. Curious, <laughs> fuck. yeah. It's
1: like a waiting room just to get points. Uh, yeah. the late kickoff is Tottenham against Crystal Palace at yeah. White Hart Lane. Uh, yeah, London Derby. They're, uh, I don't know, give it to Tottenham, uh, just because they've been on great form recently. Now, yeah, uh, hopefully, game of the week. Uh, the Manchester Derby United at the Etihad against City,
0: yeah, at the Etihad uh I would say a very difficult one to win. But being a derby, like there should be no no game that is professed to be a derby should be easy for either team. Yeah. Even when you talk about like when you talk about kind of your Liverpool, Everton's, or I mean all the London derbies, your Tottenham's, Chelsea. If a team can't get them up themselves up for this game, mm-hmm. then it's. But I think. Man City, Man United, it will be interesting to see if Man United are like, well, they can't catch City, so we'll play for points, and we'll be happy with the draw, and set out with a very cynical approach, which Mm. will be another horrible game to win, or to watch, which is, as you were the victim of paying fucking money for in a box Mm -hmm. office earlier in the year. So there is that fear that it might actually not be a good game to watch, which I hope it is. Obviously, yeah. watching a, a Manchester derby, but exactly,
1: you always see. think it's, go- it's going to be something. But like as you said there, when they kind of they they set up with a certain agenda in mind, not just to play entertaining football. Which, yeah. to be fair, you know what would you rather have a team that wins the league or a team that plays very
0: entertaining football?
1: Uh, I think well, that's. I it. mean, at
0: present, we're not going to win the league, so give me some entertaining football. Give me exactly. a to watch it.
1: exactly, exactly. Go, go out and
0: go out in your. I mean, if you're going to lose to Man City. I mean, if you could set up defensively and Man City could still score three against you, so fuck it. If you're going to lose, lose 4-3. Give me something to watch.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah. And on that bombshell, I think we should leave uh, uh, the vicinity uh, of this Zoom call, and I will edit absolutely. the podcast. I'll put it up. It's going up on Monday morning. Uh, all that is left to do is Rona did absolutely no research this week, so uh, I'm not going to thank her. Um I would like to thank Johnny Bo for his continued Photoshop excellence for the podcast I'd like to thank Darren Matthews uh, for being on the podcast with me this week uh, as he is every week uh, because we are podcast soul brothers Uh, I would like to thank myself uh, for uh, I don't know stringing an episode together (laughs) this week on very short notice Uh, and I would like to thank all of you guys for listening Uh, thanks very much see you next week
0: off we just in
1: off very German I like